0: Welcome to the LOB coaching room episode four. I am delighted to be joined by an old acquaintance of mine, an old colleague of mine, an old coach of mine, uh, current Monaghan uh, under-17 manager Mark Cunahan. Uh, Cunahan, absolutely delighted to get you on. Uh, you're now an author. It's, it's, a, it's amazing what a couple of years can do. Like, you know, I didn't think you could spell, never mind, right? So this is this is phenomenal work from yourself. Like, for play
1: to you. Good man. There's, there's a lot of owls in that introduction I didn't really like. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose a bit of a, a lockdown project for myself and something to keep the, the head right and keep me sane, I suppose. So I got stuck into into doing a bit of a journal together. So yeah, it's uh, been an enjoyable process, tough process, but we're nearly at the end of it now. So delighted to be at this stage of it. Yeah, and it's the JA GA Game
0: Day Journal, Cooney, and I suppose. Um, you know, how about how did it come about that, you know, you felt the need that there was a there's a gap in the market for for it to start and who's it who's it targeted to?
1: Yeah, so I suppose first of all, there's there's a lot of content out there which is great for coaches and, and you see an awful lot of coaching content and some fantastic books next to Colin McNally or Colin Nally, sorry. Who I would have actually touch base with and give me a lot of advice on how to go about this whole project. Um, but I did see there was a bit of a gap for managers, and there wasn't a lot of, uh, wasn't a lot of content or detail out there for for managers to use. So that was kind of the idea. I suppose it was a bit of a niche in the market there. I suppose from me, my own perspective, I'm coaching, managing for twenty plus years at this stage, and um, I suppose I have a paper trail. That look at anyone that's involved in management or coaching will tell you, you know, there's a I'd say there's a dent in the Amazon due to myself just just from writing and taking notes and everything else. So I kind of thought look, at, it'd be good to have maybe one place to put everything to uh I suppose collect your thoughts and uh, base it around games. So it's it's definitely based at managers, um, more so than say just coaches, because you know, th- there are I suppose two definitive. Those are two different roles, yeah. Um, but I suppose at club level, there's people who probably do both. But this is based on games and around your game day, so there'd be a two-page kind of preview section for your game where you're looking at your own team's KPIs. You know what are the key performance indicators? What are you looking at? What are you trying to get out of the game? We put on the opposition then, um, detailed on I suppose who their key players are, what kind of matchups you have in mind for them, what their form is coming into the, into the game. A few, I suppose, key points are in that. Then the game detail itself, there's two pages on that. And the game detail is, I suppose, all your basic things, the scores, subs used, maybe players that were absent for your team and the opposition team. So it's a great thing to reflect on later on if you're playing that team again. Even, I suppose, formations and how teams each team set up and stuff like that. And then the reflection piece, there's two pages on reflection. That's looking back over on, um, I suppose, your... How, you, how your KPIs went, what was the tactical setup? Was there any curveballs thrown at you by the opposition team? Um, how the matchups went, you know, were they good matchups? Is something you change again for the next day. And I suppose the key thing is a focus point then for your training session the next day out. You know, that's the key thing to it. You know, you can write a thesis on a the game, but what are you gonna work on between that game and your next game that's gonna improve you, make a big difference? And you know you can get lost in maybe too many things. You just focus on one or two key points that you're going to work on that weekends round No, that's that's amazing.
0: And and you know, obviously, we went to university together. Um, you were you were coach, manager, um, and player for for the Uclan team. And you know, Peter Turley says that he was the inspiration for this book because he gave you that many ideas on
1: how to how to actually set up a football team. <laughs> Peter Turley, I'll tell you what. Well, when we were in college or university, we didn't uh, we didn't foresee Peter having the career he had going day his day at, at U uh, Clan. Man lived in sausages and demon vodka for two or three years. It's, it's amazing he got to where he did get to. Um, but yeah, look at I suppose I always had a keen interest in, in coaching and, and managing. Um, Would it started off from a young age, and then at university, when you go to when you go to England to, to university, it's you know there's nothing set in place for you, so it's just it's. Guys like ourselves just getting together and putting things together and and putting a wee committee together and you know it was a fantastic group we had there and uh, yeah I suppose I got lumbered with trying to coach and trying to get you fit which wasn't easy Um, trying to pass the ball which was even harder (laughs) so uh, yeah they're enjoyable days they're enjoyable days but um, any opportunity to to coach I just love getting getting involved with whatever else so yeah that was that was um, good learning curve there too. I suppose like
0: even back then where you were taking notes and out there and you know, what I find is whenever like for years you've good ideas not there, but you write them down on a piece of paper and they go missing. You know, whereas this you know, this journal you know kicks that away then. It's there, you know, and, and it's and it's that's the purpose of it, really.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of key details probably go missing between games, you know. You, you yeah, you play a team, you might even if you win the game. You might have forgotten a few key details that maybe opposition player that was missing mm-hmm. the the weather conditions on that particular day the referee for weed bits and pieces that maybe don't they, they might just slip them in and then you play the team again and you're not as well prepared and usually the team that loses the first day has a mountain of information and they've you know they've kind of deep dive into why they lost and and they come back a bit stronger but you know I don't really subscribe to this you know this mentality. I know uh, John Kavanaugh's book, what is it? uh, Win or learn? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think there's as much learning to be done from winning or losing. Okay. So, um, I think even you can win a game maybe comprehensively and, you know, you don't really look into the factors of what did you do well in that game? You know, did you just win because you had better players, particularly at juvenile level? You might just have a team that 15 players are all the right age and you're playing against a team that maybe that, that don't. And if that's your only barometer, is the scoring I think you're going to miss out on a lot of key information and you're not going to improve as much as, as you should as you should be improving mm-hmm. and when was your real um you know for the club then
0: you were coaching um did you manage the club and then go into the the minor setup for for Monaghan or how did it come about then your own journey
1: I suppose yeah Well, it goes way back I suppose when I was to be 15 16 or being asked to help out with teams here and there juvenile teams in the club and then I suppose about 18 or 19, I took a team and through the club of Monaghan, I uh, took a team from under 10s and along with a lot of good people, Keith Sheeran, uh, Marty, Marty Brainey, Liam Dugan, guys like that, we would have carried through to, to minor level and then under 21 level. So that team in particular, I suppose I owe an awful lot to that team because that team probably gave me a platform and it, you know they, were, they had good successes coming through. The, the underage ranks and stuff like that and then i would have been asked maybe to help out development squads on the head of that
0: right
1: and then i suppose being a secondary school teacher and sitting cartons here in monoghan um i'll be heavily involved with with teams here again right through starting with dalton working your way up to mccrory and stuff like that so you know you're kind of you're building as you're going along and i was playing i was playing myself during that period as well so, so you had to i suppose balance it out um like i would have got offered a few jobs that i couldn't take I was offered maybe two or three times to get involved with county kind of minor setups as coach but i just i had the project i suppose of those three lads that i wanted to see out and i was still playing myself so i couldn't really i couldn't commit to it properly or fully so i wouldn't take it on and uh i suppose yeah that the true job came uh, a year after i retired the year i retired actually i took over the true senior job we won the all Ireland intermediate in 2014 so we'd just gone back up senior and I wanted to give it one more year. It's probably ready to finish, but I wanted to give it one more year <laughs> to senior just to just, I suppose, make sure, steady the ship for that year and you know make sure everything was all right. And uh, it can be a tough year after, I suppose, an All-Ireland run at intermediate level because you're you're running through into the following year.
0: Right.
1: Um, so what was great about that All-Ireland one was several of the games that uh, we coached from 100 hands, I suppose, played in that All-Ireland final uh, with us. And then we had a couple of others, obviously, that would be on the panel as well. So that was a special moment um, for, for, the, for the boys involved in that. The, the year I retired, basically then um, I took over the, the senior job and I suppose it was all about building blocks and long-term project in mind, trying to get through through never won a senior championship in, in Monaghan. And uh, we put a big focus, I suppose, on um, consistency and the league. And the first year we were there, we got to the league final. It was the first time we'd been in the league final in maybe 11 years. Um, second year, then we made league semi finals, but we didn't really make a big impact on the championship. Um, and basically, after a two year reign, then uh, to a different club in Monaghan, a junior club called Sean McDermott's. So we're with Sean's for two years, I was joint manager with a guy called Kieran Murphy. Uh, Kieran's now over the Monaghan ladies team. And look uh, at great time with Sean's fantastic club, really brilliant, brilliant club. Um, really good characters around it. Uh, they were junior, they were getting it hard to get out of junior. Um, and the first year we were there, we actually lost. We lost the, the final championship and the final in the league. And it was probably one of the worst hard luck stories you'll ever get. We, we lost four out of our starting six forwards in the two weeks leading up to the championship for just uh, nightmare stuff, a um, couple of ankle injuries, injuries. Uh, I felt he a accruciate then a week before, it, a really big player for us. And then another guy had a back issue, couldn't get out of his bed three or four before the game. Uh, so missed out. But because uh, we were in both finals, we were beaten to the same team, it meant that we got promoted to intermediate ranks in mm-hmm. Uh Intermediate ranks in Monaghan good crack. It's, it's Everybody can go up, anybody can go down. It's probably one of the best managerial... Um, divisions you can be in because you're tested to the limit, you know everything counts um and it usually goes into the last day who makes semi-finals and who who loses and we actually got the championship final that year and we lost by an injury time score to Colin Walsh from do hamlet yes. uh, so hamlet went up senior but sean stayed intermediate so not really enjoyable time with sean said fantastic club um you're, you know don't know if you find this yourself but when you leave your own club it's a very weird thing going into another club and you know, something that you don't take too lightly and you know, going into somebody else's dressing room, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's something that's very unique to that club and unique to those people, and it's very special and something you're very conscious of going into, going into another club. And I was very kind of, very nervous about it, being honest, the, the first time driving down. Yeah, they, I suppose the thing is,
0: it's the respect thing, like they don't know you, you know, they, they know the person that probably they played against and seen on the sideline, but they don't know, the, you as a person. So I think that's where, you know, the the I wouldn't say awkwardness, but it's just like, you know, just as you say, stepping into that change room and addressing these boys as as now manager. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, as I said, it was it was giant manager. So look at as I said, I couldn't have went for to a better club initially yeah. out of my own club. A lot of the guys I would have known I would have taught in school and coached in school and would have played against and maybe played with, with underage county and stuff like that. Um but still just it was Definitely a strange step going into, going into a new environment like that. Yeah. Um, but it's good to get out of your comfort zone and, you know, um, definitely stood to me and, and really enjoyable experience overall. And I suppose from that, I would have got asked about taking uh, the county miners. Um, again, I would have been a bit apprehensive at the start when I was asked because I suppose I would have had, it's a job I probably always wanted to get um, because I had a really positive experience when I was a miner myself. And I'd worked with development schools well before. What I kind of thought I would have been more tactical about taking the job. I would have maybe spent a couple of years, maybe looking at development squads, maybe helping out a wee bit, and then gone in and I said to myself, Do "You know, something I've, I've turned down the opportunity two or three times, being involved, and I'm making always get that. You're making always be asked. So I kind of just jumped into at the deep end, and, and that's that's how it came about. No, fair play. And like you know, you could probably influence the.
0: The development squads more as the minor manager, anyway, rather than you know being a, a coach in, in the development. So, you know, it's probably probably better that you've gone on this way.
1: Well, funny, yeah, it, the system of modeling is the development squads, they're very, they're very competitive. And look, at modeling for a lot of things right last probably a couple of decades. Um, the, the last decade, just gone by, has probably been modeling's most successful period in their history. We won three minor championships. Um, Frank Brady was the manager in 2013, Banti in 2018, and ourselves in 2019. Now this for Monaghan, that is unheard of. Like we'd we'd won three championships in 80 years before that. Mm-hmm. So to win three in a decade was was fairly unique and, 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 and a great achievement. And I suppose it's it's not it's not, you know, a big clap in the back for ourselves. There's a huge amount of work went into that from clubs, schools, development squads, you know, the high calibre of coaches we have at development squads in Monaghan is is a is a big benefit for any county manager. Um So you're you're being handed players coming in here that are, you know, well educated. They're they know what to be eaten They've looked after themselves physically, um and they're mad to play for Monaghan. They have that real desire and a, and a burning ambition to be Monaghan footballers, and you know you can't you can't buy that so. Look, we're lucky that we've um, got good structures in place that have, that have really helped, um, really helped with with minor managers and under twenty managers and senior managers over the last number of years.
0: I, yeah, like I have a first hand of your of your coaching. It was first class. You know, as I said, over in university, and you know, the thing that got to me was your um, the way you communicated the players. Uh, you know how um, you know you brought everyone together, no matter like there was varying. Uh, abilities and that, but the most thing was for me is the trainings were enjoyable, you know, and that's that's you know who were probably the first and foremost getting boys out onto the pitch that, you know, the yeah. went coming out there, and would that be an underlying thing that
1: you think is one of the most uh, key fundamentals? Funny, I, I think it is for any age group, and that could be it could be a little county senior team or it could be an underhand team. Enjoyment is. It has to be one of the core values any kind of manager or coach brings to this setup because if you don't enjoy it and you're not enjoying being part of it, and you're not enjoying the environment, you're you're not gonna be going there, you know, with a with a skip in your step. Whereas, you know, if, if it's something that you're looking forward to, you know, you just know yourself. You're in better form, you're gonna train better, you're gonna be more open to, to ideas, you're gonna be more open even to constructive criticism because you know it's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoyment I think has to be one of the cornerstones for any setup and You know, we as managers, coaches, and players, we invest so much time into it. Why don't why why not enjoy it? Why not enjoy each other's company? You know, and one of my key things, I suppose, is balance, and everything has to be balanced. And you know, getting the I think the managers that are successful probably get the right balance more often than not. And enjoyment needs to be factored in there. I think, without a doubt,
0: is is management one of your strengths? Would you say uh, as as a first as a coach, and you know, how did that come about? Is it just do you think it's a personality thing, or can you, or can it be worked on?
1: I, look, it uh, probably is more natural for some people, um, but I, I'm a firm believer. Everything can be worked on. You can improve every aspect of, you know, a player and, and a coach and a manager. Um, what it says for the miners. I'm blessed with the people I have around me that they, they're all fantastic, man managers. Like, uh, right, I'm the, the managers, but I'm the manager, but there's a lot of guys with me that. You know, I can't keep an eye. We've 36 players. I can't constantly be in contact with 36 guys mm-hmm. every night training, you know, in between training and stuff like that. So your management team and delegation is really important. So um, I'm very lucky in that respect that I have a lot of people who are there for genuine interests. Uh, they have a good interest in people. We have a guy, Jerry Connolly, with us with the miners. Jerry was involved with Sean McCain back in the 80s. He was involved with Banty when Banty took over in the in the noughties. And he's back helping mainers now, and you know, he's somebody I look up to. He's somebody that I see how he interacts with people, and uh, you know, you just—he's got a brilliant way about him. Players gravitate to him, and he's a brilliant technical coach on top of everything else. And you know, guys like that in your setup, uh, and Mark O'Connor, who's who's our head coach, you know, they're just fantastic people uh, to deal with. And at the core of everything is the player. You know, when you put the player first, he goes right the window. And I think players appreciate that, and they gravitate to people who who's, who they think have a genuine interest in them and a genuine interest in making them better.
0: You stepped into management then, and you know, what what would you describe your management style then? Or did you, as you said, you you know you maybe learnt of of other people, or um, you know did you have a pre-oriented thing of of
1: what you wanted to be perceived as a, as a manager? Um, did I give that a lot of thought? I don't know. Like I think. For your, for your management um, style or whatever else, you know, there, there's autocratic people and there's maybe democratic and they definitely be more in the, the democratic side. They like to involve people, like to empower people. Um, you know, the more heads you have around that are, that are offering opinions, you know, it's up to me maybe to accept some and maybe not accept others. But, you know, if you're, if you're open to ideas and you're open to other people's opinions, you know, that are within your group, you know, you're going to end up with a better, if you want to call it a product, a, you know, a better product as as a result. Mm-hmm. So I am. I'm, I'm democratic. I do like to have other people's opinions. Um, I like to involve people. I think empowering people is, it's it's a massive kind of thing you can have in your army as a manager because if you can empower people, that drives everything. It drives the culture of your team. It drives the the environment. It drives the standards of training. If you include people in those process processes and include them in designing or coming up with what what are our standards as a group. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you kind of empower the players in, in that role, you know, the less probably management issues you're going to have.
0: Yeah, and, and what the, you're saying about the, you know, it's coming across the, the culture of your setup. Then, What are the non-negotiables, Cooney, that you think is just every player has to do this or every coach or anything? Just the stuff that is, that is set in stone.
1: The more I've kind of developed um, as a manager, the more probably empathetic I've, I've become. Uh, maybe becoming a parent too makes you see that way a wee bit. You know, you, at the start, you definitely you have these rules and you have these regulations and you have this, that, and the other. Um, but the more rules you have, the more things can be broken and the more headaches you're going to give yourself, you know. I'm not saying you give it a free run. Yeah. What I'd be in favor of is setting players down. Right. Let's come up with agreed standards here. That you know these are our standards. This is what we don't fall below. You know. In terms of them being broken, then, they like can always give players a chance. I'd always give players a chance. We can all make mistakes. You know, Jesus. When I think back, some of the athletics track we would have got up to as players. You know, back yeah. in the day, there was no smartphones about. Thank God. You know. <laughs> But I suppose look, it may have been a wee bit harder back then. I remember drink bans, like, as soon as the word drink ban was mentioned, it was like, Christ, let's get out this weekend quick. You know, we're going to be in a drink ban all summer and, you know, drink ban broke. And then where do you go? You know, you're into and you're into everything else. So I think getting agreed standards from players and getting them to come up with it, I think is is huge because, you know, we can, as managers, you know, we can maybe feel like, right, we have a small window here. We've Two years of this crack and let's drive them and drive them and drive them and let's, you know, drink bands and let's put you know, put loads of pressure on them, try and get the best out of them. What you end up doing is just it's, it's cracking people and you know the, the enjoyment goes out of it completely. Again, back to that balance, that word balance, getting the the right balance is so important. So I, I definitely think getting players to come up with the standards and agreeing to them is a is the best way to, to approach that.
0: In in the book, you you have your um there's there's a section on it where you give your um is it like secrets or or, or advice on on for for management like
1: you know yeah, tricks you know, of the that,
0: trade is, yeah. yeah how did that how did that come about and how you know it's, was it sh- it's tough to, to shorten it down even for for the book
1: really really hard to get <laughs> concise and get it sure. kind of mashed down yeah so there's basically ten tricks of the trade look at some of them are fairly simple and all the rest of it um again when I was doing the journal. Um, I want to touch base with quite a few people and asked, you know, for opinions on it. And I asked is there that should be added in here or any tweaks. And you know, I'm blessed to have a great coaching kind of bubble if you want. A lot of people that can bounce ideas off. And the games development manager Mono Paul O'Connor suggested this one. He's and supposed he's dealing with managers and coaches, he's putting on courses for them. He, he he knows what they're looking for, and he said this is the kind of stuff that they'd love and they'd, they'd like to see in it. So that yeah, the <laughs> the challenge was getting it. By down to bite size and to to something that you know just we kind of nuggets I didn't want to be hammering something down somebody's throat, especially giving them an idea and they can adapt it in their own way and and, and run with it. If you if you check one of them, what what would be the standout one?
0: You, do you do you think that that you know that had to be in the book?
1: Well, probably for managers starting out, we've we've kind of touched on it there um, a couple of times, but you know people always talk about philosophy and they talk about. You know how you want to play and stuff like that, and it can be hard to kind of to, to I suppose get that into some kind of a structure for somebody to, to get their head around. So, you know, the, one, the, the the way I went about it, I suppose, was I broke it up into three different compartments. So your your values, what are your values as a manager? So that's kind of you personally. What do you bring to, to the setup? Um, what are your key things? Like, it could be honesty, it could be hard work, it could be discipline, it could be empathy could you know there's a whole range of different values that that you will associate with yourself after that I think you can start that kind of will help the the overall structure of your 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 management uh, process after that then you can talk about your philosophy and your philosophy basically and people can wind up with it and maybe go into massive detail your philosophy is how you want to play how you know how do you want your team to play how do you want your team to be to be seen basically and uh you can break that up again. Like a lot of people might put in, you know, oh, I want to be all out attack and want to be attacking football and want to, you know, have a think about that. You know, all out of th- attack might lead to naivety and, you know, getting the shade hammered every day you go out. You know, so you have to maybe think about how you want to play when you have possession and how you want to play maybe out of possession. You know, back to my word balance, like, you know, everything needs balance in it. Uh, that probably drives you into then your, your principles of play. So, your principles of play then are how you want to achieve your philosophy. So, how do you want to go about achieving your in possession and when you're out of possession? So, what are those principles of play that could be your team's trademark? And then, those things should be implemented in every session. They should be implemented in every part of every session. Your principles of play are really, you know, driving those home in, in training sessions is really important to actually achieve your philosophy. And,
0: and. Um just uh, I was just thinking back to when you know you were you were with the, the junior team and that and you know in the book as well it's this it's an emphasis on what ifs and you know do you think that's where, <laughs> where that came from? Like you know, what if you had four of your starting six forwards out injured the week before the game or like you know, is that um what ifs I think is is a lot a lot of managers forget about it.
1: Yeah, look, at the, there's so many what-ifs, um, yeah. but it's just opening up a conversation. And I suppose the regular what-ifs would be, what if you get a man sent off? What if the opposition get a man sent off? You know, what happens then? The more these what-ifs you can iron out in training and in team meetings and stuff like that, I suppose the less... The end goal is you don't want players with, you know, rabbits and headlights and, and you know, something happens and they don't know how to react and they're looking to the sideline and, well, we haven't discussed it, we haven't gone through it. As I said, you can't legislate for something. Some things just happen. The blame to everybody, but there's a lot of stuff you can like. Even the black card. If um, a player gets a black card, if uh, the other the opposition team get a black card, and it's not just black and white. If we get a black card, this is what happens. You know, the, the what ifs are: what if we're winning and we get a black card? What if we're losing? There's only a few minutes left. So if you've already said we get a black card, right, we're going to go very defensive for the next. You know, we had to weather the storm. You know, there may only be ten minutes left in the game, and you could be three points down. So, you know, it's just throwing out those scenarios. And I think be involved in the players in the what ifs. Just throwing out effective questions. You know, finding out questions to players. You know, we get all the answers back. The players do have the answers. It's just tapping into it. Yeah. Asking players, you know, loads of questions, and and you will get the answers. And you know, players are smart. They're tuned in. Um, and then again, they feel involved in the whole process, so you know you get that better buy-in too. Yeah. Do you think that
0: how much um, ownership do you give to the players, um, and how much how much power do you do you look to give them? Probably yeah. at start of every year. I know with, with under seventeens, you know it's an ongoing um, process. So, you know how do you, how would you how would you go about ensuring that that you know you're getting the right feedback?
1: Yeah, so like I do like autonomy, and I do like you know massive player involvement, like things like team captain. A lot of the time, I take a vote on it um, from the players themselves, who they want to be their, their captain, who do, who do they want to represent them. Um, I'd set up leadership groups. So again, leadership group again. I've said in If it was a senior team, I'd get a good broad range of people in the leadership group. If you pick your five best players, you're going to get the same five opinions back. Everyone's great. We're playing. We're happy you know, whereas if you have a reserve player, maybe you have a sub, you have a, a, a young gay, maybe just starting out, you have an older guy, and then, you know, your captain or whatever, five, six guys, you get a broad range of um, opinions and ideas about what's, what's going on and you get a better feel for, for the group. But leadership groups can be a fantastic thing because they actually lessen your workload because yeah. you know, you can, you can get that dialogue opened up between the players. They can sort a lot of the issues out themselves. Um, an example we would have had, the leadership group for the minor team in 2019, there was a, this is before obviously, COVID, there was a concert came up and I suppose, you know, nowadays you have to book like, you know, concerts are sold out in 10 minutes and you book them seven, eight months in advance. So the guys came to us and said, look, we have six, seven players here that have booked a concert. Um, it's coming up. It's I think it was like a Thursday night. It could have been Thursday night before, I think it was before a league game maybe. And uh, you know what's what do you think? And I, I put it back to him. I says, what do you guys think? And I said, look, that one's training hard. They've been fair. You know, they've they've booked this well in advance. They've um, they've come to us and said it. They've given us good advance notice as well about it. And uh, you know, they promised to behave themselves. So look, We talked them at the word. Let them go to their concert. They enjoyed it. They came back, springing their step again at training. You know, you can imagine. Saying no to the guys, you know, no, sorry, lads, can't go there. They forked out maybe 70, 80 euro then with their parents for, for a ticket, everything else. They look at, don't get me wrong, if was a championship game, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit, lads, but you know, it wasn't the be all and end all, it was a league game that, um, and they've given us good advance notice on it. And the leadership group were happy to, to let them go, and they promised to make up the session the next morning, which they did. They went and yeah. we got the session in. So, you know, fair is fair. And again, you know, the, the players patrol that themselves, they place it, they come back with the feedback. So I think the leadership groups are really important and give them proper empowerment. Like don't don't just, you know, give them set up a leadership group and then say no to everything or yeah. you know, end up in arguments and stuff like that. You know, we have to give them a fair say in it.
0: Yeah.
1: No, and, and
0: like I'm sure you've had managers and, and coaches in the past as well as myself, like that. There was no interaction, and maybe it's just like the new thing coming through, or is like maybe that's why people were ahead of the ahead of the game. That players were getting a, a bigger say in how, not only not only about training sessions or anything out there, but what is actually wrong with with and how it could be improved. Maybe that's maybe managers are getting more self-aware now.
1: Kind of, yeah, definitely. Like you know, the, getting feedback from players on a regular basis is it's a win-win because you know we are you're, you're getting that feedback and it's they're coming back with suggestions that'll make training better mm. like the 20 the 2018 minor team is still we did we did a feedback thing we'd won the ulcer it was great it was fantastic we got beaten in all quarter final' by the all Ireland champions that uh, ended up all Ireland champions and we asked for feedback from the players and we asked for honest feedback we didn't want all the good stuff. Now it is important to see what you're doing well. Yes, we wanted we wanted feedback, and you know what came back how is, was. How
0: did, you, how did you get the feedback? Was it uh, anonymous, or was it um open end questions? You know, there's sort of way that you weren't towards
1: anything. We, we gave them sheets, and they could put their name on it if they wanted. There was, you know. There's nobody going to snap anybody's head off. Plus, the boys were out the gap. <laughs> they were overage now. They were finished. So, I can be very honest with us. <laughs> so, a couple of things that did come back from it was that um, the guys that, that weren't making match their panels and that didn't wouldn't have had as, as, as good an experience. They didn't enjoy it. And they said that they learned an awful lot. But they missed probably not getting enough game time. And that's probably a common issue everywhere. Yeah. And I'll never forget Jerry Conley. He said it during the year and it kind of it did brush past me at the time. He said it's important these boys get them all in Jersey on them. And you know, on the back of that, we're like, okay, next year we're gonna get more challenge games to involve guys who maybe aren't making the, the, the first the first 24 or 15. We did and I suppose county miners are difficult because the further the year goes on, the less Teams you have to, to play, you know, if, if you're progressing yeah, sure. in the tournament, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's less and less teams as you can play, and then you're looking for them to to match up with you. Like we did get one challenge game, uh, I, not mention the country we played, but they came up with their with their best outfit and you know kicked seven different colours of shade out of us. You know, it wasn't too beneficial for anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had a bit of an agreement in place that they'd they'd, uh, they'd mix and match the team, but they didn't. But look at the boys still got to put them all in jersey on as, John, as Jerry had said. And it's important like they, they do get to feel a part of it.
0: Yeah. 2019 then was a was a, was a massive year. Um not only for you for yourself but for for the team as well. Coony, um you know, what was your understanding? How did you high performance? How would you how would you describe it? How would you like if you could bottle out every year, I suppose, you know, what, what worked for you? You know, I'm not asking for the for the the secret sauce, but you know. What's your understanding of, of high performance
1: then? Look, for me, I suppose high performance is is having high standards and, and keep raising them. You know, I remember the team meeting when we started off in the 2019 base we asked, like, what, what were the ambitions? And uh, they kind of wanted to murder 2018, which was winning an Ulster, and they got to an all Ireland semi-final in 2018. And, uh, you know, there are lofty enough ambitions, and when you're playing an Ulster, when, when you're playing an Ulster, like, you know you can talk about all oh, Ireland's all you like but trying to get out of Ulster is a you know it's a death trap like it's it's yeah. it's really difficult to get out of Ulster. But I thought it was really important that the boys did aim high and they did look even beyond that. Um you know if you don't if you don't have that you kind know, of end goal to look at you have to be good enough as well and we probably thought we had three boys returning from the 2018 team there wasn't a massive lot of, lot of talk about that development squad you know about uh, progress and that's what right we thought we had a good team and uh you know it's good to have a big picture in mind so high performance to answer your question was high performance i think it's high standards on you know on a daily basis and high performance isn't tuesday thursday saturday you know it's, it's not two hours of the day for those three days or whatever whatever your trainings are it's it's a way of life it's it is 24 7 it's it's your diet it's your nutrition it's your looking after yourself physically, looking after yourself mentally, it's, you know, it's all encompassing for me. It's, it's um, to, to, to reach high performance and to get to the very top, it has to be a way of life. Um, but for, for the minors again, that year, you're saying what kind of, you know, I suppose we did have lofty ambitions, but I'd be always big on having the big picture and your big picture, you know, could be the All-Ireland, just so say it's Sam maguire that's your big picture okay, it's great to have that goal. That's there. It's um, it's in the background. It's there. You know it's there, but there's a lot of small pictures and it probably comes together in a collage at the end to, to get the big picture. Mm-hmm. And those small pictures are your standards. They're good training sessions. They're ticking off all your boxes, um, you know, tactically, technically, um, building up team morale, low you know, league games, everything, all those little snapshots will lead into the bigger picture in the end. And so, as a team that gets more of them right and uh, gets them right on a regular basis and are consistent, will end up with with the big picture.
0: Yeah, no, and it's probably, you know, having that pathway for how to how to achieve. Then you know the smaller the smaller pictures is as you're saying. Like and then moving on to the next one. So it's always a a moving target then as well, couldn't it?
1: Yeah. So like I think yeah. Even for just a wee motivational thing, I think you have to have an angle for nearly every game, you know, to keep it fresh, to keep the focus on this next game that you're not looking too far beyond. I think you have to have a wee angle and, you know, I heard a podcast recently, I think it was Mike Quirk's one, Jason Sherlock was on, he was saying the scoreline is, particularly for juveniles, is one of the worst kind of barometers you can have, you know, and... and Focusing on small wins. So having your KPAs as a number of blocks you get in defensively, you have your KPAs attacking ways, you have your KPAs, uh, you focus in on them more so than the, the the result. Like they're small pictures, but they all add up to up to a, a better end result. But if you're focusing on winning and, and driving this winning mentality with people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, what happens when you don't win? You know, there's a massive drop. Whereas if you're focusing on these, I suppose, small wins in games. You know, people can see development, they can see maybe incrementally getting better, results may be going brilliant but you're incrementally getting better and these are things that you're putting an importance on, so the players are putting an importance on it and gradually you're improving and for me, it's all about continuous improvement and just getting better all the time and as I said, those small wins are a good way to achieve that. How would you, um, how do you obviously you, you've got the,
0: the, you know, the Ulster winning so you, you know that you're doing something right but you know, as you say, self-growth and, and how to how to be more self-aware. How how do you um measure success then? You know, as as you're saying, like every manager's one feet away from from losing their job at, at the end of the day. Like so how how would you measure that?
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example. So the, the 2019 miners again, we one of the things we had was weak footed scores. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of our one of our wee things that we focused on and put an importance on them, because we put an importance on it, the players put an importance on it. And uh, incrementally each game started getting a wee bit better and a wee bit better. And it came to us to find one those finals with two points and we've got one fourth from people that it scores. Now, when we're involved with say minor teams, it is about development. Now you tell the minor teams that this is a bit, you know, development for you for ten years' time, you know, they, they don't want to hear it, they want to win. They want to win so it's really important that we put an importance on, you know, the likes of that weak footed score develop, development. And the reason why he went after that one in particular was I read a, an article by Kieran Shannon. He's um, he came into sports psychology and stuff like that, but he, he's a brilliant. reader. I love reading his stuff, and he had put down a piece on Mayo and Dublin in all Ireland finals, and he had commented on the fact that Mayo struggled to score in second halves, that their subs didn't really make impacts. But one of the big things was that. He noticed between the two teams, Dublin a lot more weak footed scores than than Mayo had, and look, gonna suppose if you're trying to trying to get to, to levels of, of Dublin, kind of strip away a back. Well, you want two footed players, don't you? You want you know you want players that, that can be well balanced on both sides. But if we don't put an importance to that as, as coaches, coaches, we you know just maybe do a tick the box thing where you do a drill and make the score to the weak foot there for one minute, lads, and make you go back into it. That's not really putting an importance on taking a box for the sake of taking a box. Mm. So, I think um, when you're looking to develop players, the better players you can have, the better chance you have of winning. So, focusing on those things that are making players better, particularly at minor level, I think is really important. Do you, Do you think that the through coaching, um, you know, I'm talking
0: like at elite level, that you can make players better, or do you think it's about making
1: players make the better decisions, if you know what I mean. I'd say it's probably a combination. Of course you can you can make players, you know, better skill level, even if they are already inter-county footballers, like the amount of intercounty footballers you're looking at that can't hand pass off the weak hand, you know, but the dubs are doing it. And it sounds like such a small thing, but like it's a difference in a goal chance and not a goal chance. It's the difference in in getting a score from a tight angle off your weak hand, fist point you know, versus getting blocked down and the dubs are consistently getting that right and they're doing it and they're, they're improving the decision-making becomes better because they're the better skills to execute, you know, to execute, um, key moments in games. So the decision-making becomes better. Um, look, I suppose everyone kind of looks at the, the dubs as the, the, the barometer there, I suppose they're up here and everyone's trying to chase that, you know, but, the skill levels of the dubs, you can't, you can't deny how important that is for the overall picture of their development. Like their, their skill levels are phenomenal. And obviously, they're, they're working very hard at it and training, and they're, they're probably doing individual training sessions on it as well. You know, and i go back to there was another podcast, a mandatory podcast now. Um, uh, Phil Neville was on it, the high performance one. Yeah. And uh, he mentioned McCatna kicking a ball off a wall at the end of training for 20 minutes, half an hour every day. You know, just getting his first touch right, and you just people assume that Katna was gifted this from the gods that he had it. You know, and that was it. But you know, someone as good as him still took the time to to work on his skills and practice on his own.
0: Yeah, and and it's very true. Like you know, like I was talking obviously through, through doing these podcasts, like, and I've been asking off and all about certain players and that. And the thing come across is their appetite, their work away from from everybody else, their own self-development. And that's what I want to get to now, Cooney, is for you, like obviously you said about your, your, like you're into your podcast and out there as well and things. How do you upskill then? How, how, like say you five years ago to now, how did you get there? And do you know, what's your advice for, for other coaches, managers?
1: Yes. Well, just being open, being open to it. And something I probably need to get better at it. Like I was listening to your, your podcast with Fergus there, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Just getting, chatting to people and, and, you know, touching base with people. I said I said earlier on, again. Like, I'm really lucky of the GA people here that are involved in the GEA committee, all coaching, all involved in their clubs. So they're brilliant to bounce off. Break times, break times, that's all we talk about. Like, it's, yeah. it's you know, GA, GA, <laughs> GA, So I have that, you know, I have that hub of people there. But I do, I do try to read up as much as I can. I've, I've bought more books that, you know, I haven't got round to yet. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of tear into them for a wee while and then set them down for a while and maybe start another one, you know, podcasts, you know, asking people, observing other people's sessions, even. Um, you know, you, you, even other sports, you know, there's there's um like again back to Jerry Connolly, my mate with with uh, the mono miners. Jerry could send me on a handling drill from an AFL thing that he found on YouTube at half eleven at night. and <laughs> you know, I, I love that they you know that's yeah. I need that that all day, like and then we're, we're debating about, you know, what players would benefit from this and then let's, let's get it on to those players. So, you know, just you could pick up so many things from from other sports, from other people just being open and, and talking. Um, like I was watching your podcast there. That's one thing I'd say with, with um, Luke and Stephen and uh, the, the the games-based approach basically and stuff like that. But again, like Luke, someone I touch base with, there's a lot of other county minor managers particularly this year now because the, the whole focus went away from probably trying to win something to, right, how do we get through, the, how do we get these boys through this? Yeah. You know, this is a difficult stage in these young fellas' lives. What are UDAs doing? And everyone's been open. Everyone's been open and we're sharing ideas and saying, Jesus, that's great. And you who know, did you get over Zoom there? We had such and such and he was brilliant. Okay, I must actually try and get him. So, you know, there is a lot of sharing going on and there's a lot of openness and, you know, people people are only too happy to help and you know if you ask somebody questions you know you're going to get answers from them you know so ask plenty of questions As what I'd say be open to things look at other sports read up as much as you can you know you don't have to take all the advice on it's up to you how you you know implement that into your setup or, implement it or take on board and you can ditch what you don't need so yeah just being open and, and reading up plenty
0: Brilliant, and obviously buy your book if you're if you're uh, going into management then as well would be the <laughs> would be the number one piece of advice. I'm
1: not, I'm not saying we're guaranteed to win a championship now, but you know you <laughs> <laughs> um, look at it's the journal. It, it was a brilliant distraction for me for for um, lockdown for, for the last number of weeks. Um, if coaches or managers find a couple of nuggets in it and they find it useful, fantastic, brilliant. Um, it could end up being a dust catcher for some people, you know. But uh, look, at, it's um, as I said, it, it was a great distraction for me. Enjoyed putting it together, and hopefully, people, some people, make get a good benefit out of it. And but if, not, I think if not, don't uh, leave any online reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fantastic
0: um, tool to have. Can really do because you know, what, uh, obviously, I was in the management myself and, and back in the coaching night, and it's just two different worlds. Two different worlds. Yeah. And and I think people don't realise that whenever, you know, you step in, like, whenever I was going into management, I was like, oh, sure, I could do this. Caesar, you know?
1: Yeah, they're, they're definitely two different roles, completely different roles. But I do know club level, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, people doing dual roles, you know, and taking on. But, like, I do see it even in my own club. Like, there, there's a lot of people helping out now. And, you know, you have you could have five or six people involved, seven people involved, they've been in under 15 team. Mm-hmm. You know, so even just those management skills of managing those people and managing them in, a, in, a, in an effective way, like delegating, getting everyone has their role, they know what they're doing. It all kind of helps with with um, the smooth run of a team. So, you know, I, I can see I can see a lot more juvenile teams, like, um, you know, the, the lane seems to be getting busier when you're looking at juvenile teams. There's a lot of people involved. But you know, giving people definitive roles and letting them at it and then trusting them and trusting them and, and letting them, letting them perform their duties, it, it helps the whole thing on. Do you think there should be more? I know there's courses for coaches and all that there and workshops for coaches, but
0: actual stuff for for managers, like you know to get that high performance, to get the, you know, more sharing instead of you know having to go out to, say, another manager yourself and, you know, maybe they're not too happy about sharing stuff, like. I, I think there's a gap there for 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 managers just to just to give them that
1: edge. Yeah, as I said, there's there's for me there's an niche in the market for that journal because uh, I said there's a lot of coaching content, but there's not a lot there for for managers. So I definitely think there is there is. Um, I know the GA kind of went they went from say juvenile to adult. They kind of split those coaching you know things. I think it probably needs to go again another branch where mm-hmm. – more management-led stuff. Um, without a doubt, I think there's there's huge scope in it. There's huge... and even, even the terminology when I was writing, I was like, they're right manager, they're right coach, they're, you know, and I kind of had manager slash coach, and, you know, even the terminology of it, you know, but there is a definitive role now within GEA, it's management, management only. Like, that doesn't mean you're not a coach, it doesn't mean that you don't partake in it. Like, I'd like to take the tactical end of the, the sessions for, for the minors, um, technical, and, and then, Physically, it'll be between the other ways and mix of um, Barry or, or S&C guy, Barry McKenna, who's excellent. Um, Mark and Jerry, and then we have Jerry taking goalkeeper coaching. But for the tactical element, I like to put it all together and be involved in that side of it. Um, so it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, a coach and all managers would start off as coaches. But um, I do think there's definitely a, a gap there and there's definitely um, a thirst for knowledge around around management.
0: What's what's the proudest uh, part of the book for you? Um, you know, I know getting it out there, seeing the printers working feverishly hard to, to get it out. But what, like, whenever you were writing it and, and coming up with the concept, what did you think? You know, I really like that.
1: Yeah, look, I suppose there is bits in it, like the role of the manager, tricks, tricks in the trade, stuff like that. They're they're nice, but for me, it was getting, getting the structure right, getting the structure mm-hmm. right, planning around the game. For me, that was the most satisfying part of it. And like, like I did the most of it over midterm, basically working hours over midterm, plowed into it, and then I sent it out to a few guys to look at it or whatever, and they came back with feedback and adjusted it and tweaked it. And, you know, again, trying to be concise with it, trying to just have the right level of, of everything in each section and all the rest of it was, was difficult. So when I got that part nailed down, was, I was like, yeah, look, at, I, can see people, I can see people benefiting from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of satisfaction in that. Now, look, the proof will be important if people use it or if they like it or if they don't like it. But, um, yeah, that that part is particularly satisfying. Um, Seeing it being printed was was nice. Um, It's been dispatched today, so hoping to have it now tomorrow. Um, And then it'll be, I'd say, the realisation for my wife now when she sees the boxes land at the house. And... (laughs) in the house and all the rest with that satisfaction making not last too long. But, um, yeah, hopefully it sells or divorce could be on the cards maybe. So <laughs> do, do a man a favour and buy the journey. <laughs> there you have it, folks.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you, But, uh, great, like, just a, a great career, even like for a young manager now. Do you know, you've, you've already got a, a big trophy in the bag. What's next for you um and where do you like where's your long-term goal? Like I know you're saying about you know whenever you go into manage our teams must have long-term goals. What's your long-term term goal?
1: Yeah, look it's like yeah, we have we had that trophy in 2019, but Chris, we lost a lot. Like uh with Sean's, we lost three three finals with um the minors, we lost the league final actually, and then with True, we lost the, the league final and you know, there's a lot of losses on the way there, a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of, and there's going to be more. And I know that, and that that kind of changed my vision on things. You know, if you're only satisfied by winning a trophy, you're you're going to be in for a life of misery. You know, you really have to back to the small wins, and you know, at least small wins. It's 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 ongoing. It's not you're not waiting until the end of the year to find out if you're happy or not. You know, and if you're getting into management and you're Based on all your happiness on on getting a trophy, unless you're Jim Gavin, you're in for a shade time, and Friday. Really, really. So, I'd, yeah, look at what's next and long term. Um, I don't know. We've the miners again in 2021. We're trying to get the 2020 season finished. That's, Is that gone, Kenny, or
0: do you think no, that, no? No, it's
1: not gone. It's not gone. They're not making it easy for us, but it's not gone, and we've been assured that they're going to finish it out and compete. Right. It. Jesus. Right being right, they have to, you know, they've dragged they've dragged every along this far. Um, they really have to see it out. Mm-hmm. The windows get a little bit smaller for it all right, but you no, know, it's definitely not, it's not gone. Um and being honest, I haven't really looked beyond that. The, the split season now after 2021, like I don't know if I'll go back to the minors again, I have to talk with the county board of that and the, the management team. Um, I'd probably like to get back involved maybe with club club level again. Um but look, I—I've been honest. I don't really think overly long. I don't think too far ahead ahead of myself when it comes to when it comes to managing teams. Mm-hmm. There's a project that I like the look of, or you know, that I'm interested in. You know, I'll I'll i go after it. Like, but otherwise, I'll, I'll just see how it goes. Like, I'm very lucky that you know I'm secondary school teacher, so I'm guaranteed to have a team every year. You know, in school, and you know it's a great level to be working with. And geez, they're just they're brilliant. Their attitude and their Application to everything, at school level and also College's level it's class is brilliant. And it's really enjoyable. So I know every year that I'm going to have you know a team to take there, which is which is great. I would say to that you know just to and see and see what what's out there at the time and, and what kind of what kind of what I get a good feeling for and and uh, want to get involved in maybe.
0: Brilliant, Curly. And fair play for for coming up with the book first of all. And um, two for for you know putting that dream into into fruition because you know everyone has has these ideas and it doesn't come through so fair play to you as you said took a lot of drive and, and probably a lot of sacrifice from yourself and your family as well so all the best with um, I'm expecting my free copy whenever it's whenever it's coming through the post um, okay. obviously by by making you the footballer that you turned out to be, it was, it was a pleasure. You know what I mean? Don't thank don't you don't have to thank me, like you know what I mean? But uh <laughs> 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 Definitely the management resolve, I'll put it that <laughs> way. Can't believe you played me full forward. But anyway, Kenny, thank you so much. Um, as I say, the GA Game Day Journal, is that
1: correct? Yeah, yeah, GA Game Day Journal.
0: And any manager or anything, um, as I say, you know it's great platform to, to, to get asking questions and out there as well, especially for managers who maybe are new into the role or even looking for some new ideas. So fair play to you, kind of... Good
1: it. Thanks, man. Thanks me million, John. Cheers.
0: Talk to you soon, bud. Thank you.